Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom-built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding the finance, set up the staffing. Our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group and author of Global Search Engine Marketing. I'm here with Jillian Music, my partner at Outlines and co-founder of both Moz and Bread Approved. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. You can find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Ann. What's on your mind today? Well, last time we talked about funding options for startups, and we focused on some pretty traditional equity ideas and also debt instruments and convertibles. And then we ran out of time because there's so much to talk about at this topic. So today, let's follow up with some other funding options for early stage entrepreneurs. But first, as usual... We want to remind our listeners about our 2017 One Seat Challenge. Absolutely, that's right. Our One Seat Challenge. We're asking anyone and everyone who speaks publicly, whether you're giving a speech at a conference, a meetup, a group mentoring session inside your office or anywhere around the world, to take this One Seat Challenge. This is how, what it's about. There's this constant lament that companies, or from companies with consistently poor showings and diversity in their workforce, that goes something akin to this. It's a pipeline problem. We can't find people of diverse backgrounds, ages, gender, location, whatever you want, to fill in these jobs. So let's help these companies and the people seeking those jobs to find each other and to interact in places that matter. So here's the one seat challenge. Very few public speakers are paid to speak. And yet, by sharing our considerable knowledge in a group forum, we provide substantial value to the event organizer. 
So starting now, Anne and I are asking that you require a payment in kind for your speeches. Every time you speak, ask that one seat be set aside free of charge and filled with a guest who would ordinarily not have access to that event. Right? So who? Well, striving young people from tough neighborhoods where they don't get to attend conferences as part of their high school or community college curriculum. We're talking about struggling entrepreneurs of all backgrounds. We're seeking deserving people with a diversity of age, race, creed, national origin, financial capabilities, and even location here. Just fill that seat. And yes, it includes the cost of a lunch ticket if that's part of the event. Okay. The one seat challenge is, again, if you speak to groups anywhere, take this challenge, fix at least one element of the diversity issue. Help people of diverse backgrounds to see what's possible, to get comfortable with business meetings, be visible at events that count, and be able to network, learn, and share their value. That's the deal. Thanks, Jillian. Let's add that if uh, our listeners uh, take our one seat challenge, it would be we invite them to uh, stop by our Facebook page and let us know. Tell us the story. Uh, you'll find that at uh, facebook.com forward slash CEO coach podcast. Now to the topic for today on to more, more information about how to fund your startup besides equity and debt. Last time, you also mentioned REIT-style investment funds. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about how those work and when such an option would be useful and for whom? Absolutely. So REITs, or R-E-I-T, those are real estate investment funds. What's usually done is a group of properties are put together into a single loan fund or it could be an individual property that is a fund by itself. A lender will gather the funds from individuals, high net worth individuals, or from uh, organization structures, uh, even retirement funds and so on, in order to fund such a loan. These are commercial property loans. It could be, for example, a uh, building that wants to renovate, uh, um, I don't know, wants to become a branded hotel or something, and certain renovations are required in order to do so. It could be raw land and you're going to build a building on it, whatever the heck it is, right? So there are thousands of different types, but the loan is funded with people who are investors. They get back a certain amount of interest on the loan and then they get their principal at the end. Pretty easy stuff. Generally, it's decent interest, somewhere between, I don't know, as little as 6 or 7%, as much as 12 or even 15 or 19%, I've heard recently. Okay? It depends on the risk of the loan, the assets, and so on. Now, object of the game is that one can do that as an early-stage startup company as well. There are some companies who need to fund things, and then they need operating capital. The operating capital, they're going to have to raise regular venture capital for it, right? Angel investments in the traditional manner. But the other stuff, well, they could use such an idea that comes from the real estate world. For example, because I know that was about as clear as mud, right? For example, there's a company called Bridge Care Capital, and they're raising capital for their startup to fund early childhood care, in other words, infant and toddler care, preschool, right? Parents pay these uh, fees of, I don't know, $1,500, $2,000 a month. There are several children. It could be $3,000 a month or more. 
this generally is an impetus to keep women away from the workplace while their children are young, right? It isn't worth their while to go to work and to pay those very high rates. Now, there's kind of a social venture involved here, right? If you want to help to keep women in the workforce uh, who wish to do so, um, those who have degrees or advanced degrees and so on, it can cost them up to a million and a half dollars over the course of their lifetime to take that break uh, after child care, right? as early as you know, child could uh, stay. That means they leave the workforce, and when they come back, they have not kept up with the most current skill sets and the most current information. They've not continued their networks and built them up over time, but now must come back in again, if you will, at a lower stage for their age bracket to reestablish new relationships. Their peers have moved on, but they have not. All of this takes a hit on the advances of the person re-entering the workforce. So... There's an idea here that says, well, these are the loans that are going to be made. It will stretch out the payments over time. So instead of saying, I don't know, 1500 bucks a month, you'll pay 1000 bucks a month, and then you'll pay it for some years thereafter, plus the interest and so on, uh, and then it's done. You could put it on a credit card, but it would be very expensive. One could, I don't know, refinance the house, but young families have, you know, new houses. They, they haven't been there very long, so they generally don't have that capacity. So this is a purpose loan. Sounds pretty good. I told the CEO or the founding team, right, rather than raise venture capital for the entire amount required to start funding these loans, take the loan, say the first 10 or 20 or 100, whatever they want, stick them into a fund itself and fund that. Go out to individuals who would like to help women stay in the workforce should they want to and help to fund these loans, right? It's a little bit of an impact investment. They get back, I don't know, 8, 10, 12%, whatever they want to pay, right? And away they go. Now, over time, this company will have institutional funding for these loans. They'll be paying much less for institutions to lend those money, that money, maybe 4 or 5 or 6%, depending on where inflation is at the time. Right? But they won't need these early stage investors anymore. In this case, it makes all kinds of sense. One, it's easy to raise capital for something that's going to pay you back, say, an average of 10%. Right? And it does it right away. As soon as the funds are deployed, 30 days later, payments start getting made, you start making your 10%. That's nice until the whole thing is done. Right? So that's not really an early stage investment. It's more of a debt instrument. It's comfortable. It's, uh, it, it gives you a broader audience who might want to play in the game. And you're writing it, if you will, as an investor from kind of a different checkbook, if you will. This is the money I'm investing for today. That's the money that's high risk for early stage companies. I won't see it for a decade or more. You know, it's different stuff. So that's good. Number two, the company keeps a nice clean cap table. They don't have to raise all that money based on today's valuation, which is more of an idea and maybe one or two loans are out and, you know, that sort of thing. They can wait until they're much further along to raise a significant amount of capital to go out for that tremendous marketing push that they're going to need. But in the meantime, they can just start somewhere and they can prove the value to these um, lenders who are the commercial lenders, right, who will come in later at a lower valuation. Generally, a commercial lender will say something like, well, prove it to us. You get, uh, you know, a buck or two from, you know, somebody individual, well, we'll match it or we'll double it or whatever it is. Over time, they can prove their point. 
It keeps the cap table low and clean. You give away much less of your company. The investors get returns immediately. So this is an interesting piece for investors. We can talk more about that. And you can uh, get raise your capital at a much higher valuation later for things like marketing purposes. That's when you use this kind of REIT-style investment fund. So in, we have just uh, less than a minute before we have to go to break. But what kind of company, you talked about bridge care, uh, uh, what other kinds of companies do good method for? Well, I know another one called Dwell, and they're disrupting the mortgage industry. Again, they're going to be providing mortgages, a very good place to take all the mortgages, stick them into some kind of 20, 50 of them, however many they want, and fund that. They don't need to uh, kind of raise capital for anything other than their operating and marketing capital in order to do that. So any company that has something where they're going to be pushing money out to do these kinds of things, funding loans of any kind, that's brilliant. So lots of stuff in the fintech space, possibly even in the insurance space. I know there's something called, uh, let's see, Lemonade. And then there's another one that's an insurance company that's disrupting the auto insurance industry. So those kinds of companies may have use for this kind of thing. Anywhere where you can separate it uh, for operating and marketing, you must raise standard money for that. But the other stuff, when you're kind of deploying capital to make more capital, consider this type of fund. Very interesting. Well, we have to take a break now for our sponsors. And then when we come back, Jillian, let's talk about RevShare. Absolutely. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. 
Welcome back to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy. I'm here with Jillian Music, and we're talking about funding options, actually a little bit uh, other than what you might immediately assume for uh, funding your startup. And in the first half, we talked about uh, REIT-style funding uh groups, funds, organizations. But there's another one that was so much on your mind when we finished the last uh, session of uh, the last show where, Jillian, you said RevShare. So let's mm-hmm. talk about RevShare. I have questions. As you know, I always have questions. <laughs> we, we, yeah, How could it work? We know it's popular with retail and services companies, how can it help founders? Yes, retail and service companies have things that are a kind of a revenue share deal. Uh, let's see, um, what's the, the the capital company that's doing quite well? It's more of a factoring idea. If you make ten thousand bucks a month or a hundred thousand bucks a month, you can factor that income. In other words, they will front you that money, and when it comes in, you pay it back to them with some interest. Factoring can be quite expensive, sometimes as much as 20 or 30 percent. Sometimes it's much more reasonable. Uh, but there are uh, funding companies, you know, that they're, they're kind of considering themselves as like venture capital, uh, but they really say venture capital alternatives. They're making a lot of money in the new space here. But that assumes that you are already bringing in money. What I'm talking about, again, is that early stage angel investment in your company, but rather than being paid back when you sell your company, and you're going to sell your company, right? And you want to go from angel to VC, and then you're out of here, right? Right. Now, let's assume you don't want to. Let's assume you want to be a lifestyle company. In other words, you want to retain your company and continue to run it. If you want to do that, revenue share makes all the sense in the world. It says... Fund me for, say, half a million bucks or uh, even just 100000 or maybe it's a million bucks, whatever it is, right? A bunch of people will do that. And when your company achieves a certain amount of gross revenue per annum, you set that bar, you start to pay them back. You pay them back, say, twice their investment or three times or even four times their investment. But they're not really on your cap table, They haven't said, gee, I won't get my money out until you sell. And when I do, I'm going to be on the total upside of whatever the heck it is you're going to sell. In this case, again, you have more of a debt instrument. You say, all right, you're going to write me 100000 bucks, And if I pay you back within 24 months, I'm going to give you twice your money back. It's a pretty good return on investment. If I pay you back in, say, three years, I'll pay you three times. And four years, I'll pay you four times, right? And if that doesn't work or we've all decided that this company is going to be bigger than it was going to be, right, then I won't pay you back. We're going to convert it into standard equity. And up we go. Everybody takes off because I don't want to pay you back at that point. I want every dollar I've got to keep my marketing engine going or sales engine or whatever. And then I'm going to hit an exit and everybody's going to be happy, right? It gives some flexibility, to the founders, the investors, they can continue a dialogue over time, right? If the founder can pay back the investment at 2x, they decide to do so, you're done. 3x, fine. 4x, fine. Whatever numbers you want to put in place, whatever time frames you want to put in place, and however you want to convert that money to equity should it not occur. Now, if it doesn't occur because the company's not flying and doing well, that's kind of hard and you're not going to get much out of it and that's the way it is. But if the company is taking 
taking off like crazy and everybody agrees, off we go. Uh, maybe you'll get that billion dollar exit and you'll do better than your two, three or four times exit. On the flip side, if you're getting back twice or three or four times or whatever in an early stage return, which is, again, just a few years, as opposed to waiting for today's standard like 11 to 16 years before people get an exit. And that's a pretty long average uh, to make your money deployed in a single space. Um, it really works for early stage where you expect the company is going to make some decent gross revenue in a reasonably short period of time. It reduces risk. Time is a risk factor. The longer a particular piece of capital is deployed, the more risk there is. There's more chance of stuff going sour. Right? A big uh, competitor can come along. Uh, the world changes dramatically and whatever you offer is no longer required. Something new in terms of process or product has come along. All kinds of things can happen. So this is an attractive way to make early stage investments, get your capital back early, and then redeploy it if that's what you'd like to do. So I have my evil, fearful twin Anne sitting on my shoulders saying, but, but, but what happens if the revenues do not um, develop as anticipated? Correct. So high risk, therefore there must be a high promise of return. So mm -hmm. again, pulling your money in two years, it's reasonable. Maybe you want to make it even less. I don't know. Right? Maybe more. Maybe you say you start at 3x or 4x. Again, between the two parties, you're going to sort out what promise of return is sufficient to make me take the risk. So what happens if it doesn't work out? If it doesn't work out because you know things aren't going well, as I noted, um, you can renegotiate. You can either push it off and say, I'll pay you even more because I do see I'm about to turn the corner. And if you can so convince your investors, well, fine, they'll hang in there. Or you can convert it at a particular time to equity. And again, it's not going to be worth much if the company can't make those payments. That's not a good sign, right? But you've got the stock. There it is. I guess you can write off that investment. Or you could say the company's really doing extremely well. But the CEO doesn't want to pay you back this money. Let's say he's raised a million bucks and he could pay back that 3x. And now he's got to deplete his company of 3 million bucks, even over the space of a year or two years or whatever that payment schedule is. All right. Let's say he's got to do that, but he doesn't want to do that because that means he's got to go out and raise more capital in order to push through to the end. So maybe the guy will say to you, all right, uh, we're doing extremely well. If you guys want to hang in there, we'll convert you to equity. I don't have to go out and raise capital. I'm going to use this three million bucks, which we do have. It's rolling in, right? And we're going to push for the stars now. In which case, if you're convinced, you say, fine, I'm going to get five, six, seven percent or, or seven X out or maybe 10 X or 100 X, depending on how quickly and how well the company's doing. Both opportunities are available. If things are not going well, well you've got some choices. You can renegotiate things, whatever can be done or, yeah, didn't work out. And yeah. Right. And if it's doing very well, you may still want to hang in there and you may still want to discuss that with the governing teams. So wouldn't a uh, such an agreement require a great deal of uh, transparency, coordination and most of all trust if you're talking about a rev share? Well, yes, uh, kind of yes and no. You require that for any kind of investment. You, as you invest in a company, you require annual reports. What is the P&L? 
what, uh, you know, what is this gross revenue looking like? Where are things being deployed? What are the next plans for the future? Those kinds of reports come out of a, an annual board meeting, and then uh, the investors get to know what's going on. So, you know, presumably you're getting that anyway. If you're not, then you have a serious problem, and you should be demanding that of your invested company. Certainly all venture capitalists do. I know that angels don't always, but they should. That is, of course, very true, and we could do a whole show on um, where angels fear to tread, but uh, or, or should fear to tread. Uh, but what I'm thinking about, depending on um, revenues to to get my corner off the dollar or more, um, I think I I want even more uh, scrutiny of what's going on in with the the revenues in the books. Um, yes, remember, we're talking about gross revenue, so there's no adjusted gross here. Oh, right. Okay, that does make a so big difference. I'm glad you clarified that. Yes, adjusted gross revenue. Yeah, that it does make not, a right. It is not adjusted gross by anything. This is just gross revenue. So yeah. if you have it just off the top line, the top line is reported, and you're done. All right, yeah. so, yeah, it, it's pretty clean and clear. I would suggest that neither the company nor the investor wants to do an adjusted gross revenue. I think that would be foolish. Um, if you have a very low margin, uh, you know, maybe a product or something. I mean, many years ago, for example, I worked with somebody who was making uh, or selling shoes. They had to purchase the shoes, warehouse them, box them, get them out the door, all kinds of things. One could adjust for all of that um, and returns and so on and so forth. But I think you can make those adjustments in advance, you know, by, by not in your head, but you, you scribe them out. And then you say, all right, so it, it wasn't really a million bucks a year I have to make. It's really more like two million before I can make this happen. You put down two million as your number, but you're only following top line revenue. Got it. Got it. So uh, when is, uh, before we go to our break, when is uh, this kind of rev sharing which actually is a kind of debt instrument, when is it a good funding option? Oh, e-commerce companies, I can imagine, um, service providers. It's a really good idea for two things, I think. Very early stage um, investors tend to want to deploy the money, get it back and again. It isn't that they necessarily even want to make a fortune on it, right? They don't necessarily all want to go moonshot, although it's always very nice. It isn't how they make their living. These are individuals. Many of them, um, you know, have some years on them. And they're saying, look, this is what I'm doing in addition or instead of writing to the Red Cross, if you will. I'm helping companies to, as you and I do, launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. So they would like to put their money in, they'd like to see it come back, and then do it again so they can amplify their efforts. Right? Even if they got 1x out, it's fine. It's a start, right? Um, so uh, I think it's good for those kinds of companies, good for anything where you think, you know, I'd like to invest in this company, but I'm uncertain about this long-term trajectory. I think in a few years, these guys are going to be kind of rolling in cash. That's good. They're going to make it up there. But can they sustain it? Uncertain. So what you want to say again is, I'm willing to go for that short term when I'm pretty sure they can get there. I just don't want to be there for the long, decade-long you know, haul to see if they can sustain it. Yeah, I can see the advantage um, in one's portfolio of investments that having some short term along with the uh, long haul um, uh, opportunities would certainly make a lot of sense. So Same we, thing with companies, right? Yeah, yeah. 
I'm going to make a, a big chunk of money on my first two or three deals. Why the heck would I have to put everybody on my cap table in order to raise the capital just a few months before I can pay it back out? Exactly. So, great. Now we need to take another break for our advertisers. Then we'll come back and try and sum up two episodes of alternative funding ideas um, with maybe this is this is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy, and we've been talking about different ways investors can fund your company and which would be best for your company. So, Julian, a couple to wrap up with uh, grants. We talked about grants briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm skeptical because grants take a long time to develop. They have, you know, foundations and organizations have uh, revenue uh, application cycles, and it just makes, um, you know, a, a, for a long time for a company that needs money. Um, you got any advice for a skeptic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, skeptics, listen up. <laughs> um, look, the National Institute of Health has a three-phase program uh, for small business innovation research, uh, small business technology transfer. Uh, they are looking to seed startups in healthcare, uh, like DrSpeak.com, uh, whom we met at Tycon in uh, Portland, remember? Yep. Uh, Right. There are other places, uh, both government and private organizational spaces, and there are even grants from corporations, not just investments, but grants from places like the Boeing Company and Microsoft and Amazon and so on, who are looking to spark the work of people solving problems for these companies. So I would say add you know, those to your list of places to look for capital before you just go after traditional capital. It's got to be worth a few hours worth of your time because it's going to be many days of your time, many weeks of your time to go raise capital in a more traditional manner. Right? And a grant is money you don't have to pay back. You would be amazed at how much money there is sitting out there. Go take a look. Uh, indeed. Okay, that's great. So 
The last one we talked about was self-funding, which I think is self-evident, but I just have to ask, when is it not a good idea? It's not a good idea if you have to dig into your own pockets beyond your comfort level to do it. In other words, having skin in the game is fine. And if you have a million bucks to your name, even taking 10%, fine. But if you're raising a family of four or five and this and that, and you have only a million and so on, maybe it's not so fine. All I'm saying is, unless your company can self-fund from the money it generates itself in large part, in other words, I'm selling a good or service and it's bringing me a profit and it's bringing me sufficient profit that I can grow my company on it, well, you'd better get yourself a funding partner unless you are personally extremely wealthy, in which case you become your own funding partner. Be very careful though, folks. Have this conversation with your significant other before you start dipping into those funds. Find out what the risk tolerance is, where you say you want to draw the line. We'll sell the car, but we will not remortgage the house. Have that conversation. Figure it out. Find your comfort zone, invest no more than that, and move on from there. I got it. All super advice. So can you think of some um, top thoughts? I don't know if we really want to call them tips this time to leave our listeners with in the final moments of this episode about seeking other types of funding. Yeah, I would just say look at the complete spread of funding, the traditional equity, convertible notes or securities, convertible securities, the safe, right? Debt, certainly uh, either the rev share or um, this REIT-like funding, um, combinations and hybrids, uh, self-funding and so on. Take a look at all of them. Take a look at how long it's going to be until you can pay them back with very reasonable security on your side. You're pretty sure you can do it. Take a look at the varieties of things and don't forget, of course, the grants. Once you really look at all of it and you put it down on paper, you will have investigated. That way, you move through the funding process knowledgeable and confident that you have chosen the best way to move your company forward. And with that great advice. We'd like to say that uh, that's it for this week at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio for their support. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach and also at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and many other places around the web. You'll find links and more on facebook.com forward slash CEO coach podcast and please stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO coach thanks for joining us I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music and you can find out more about how we help companies to launch grow pivot and thrive at outlinesventure.com till next week The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.